Accessing node A two E E E three four Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to the Dead Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. Welcome back to another episode, my friend, and breaking news in my world. Turns out Mondays get incredibly busy. So again, apologies for the lateness of this episode. Hay fever season is straight in, so you might notice my voice has changed from my suffering just a tiny little bit. And today there is an inordinate amount of traffic and a house being built just down the road. So if you hear any background noise, I do apologize for that. Despite all of those things falling together in the worst of circumstances, I've got a great news episode for you today. So let's get stuck into it. This is your transfer from the 8th of November. 2022, and these are the news stories that you need to know. It seems that Hideo Kojima has hit the news cycle hard this week as a much sought after indie developer and podcaster. The first bit of news that we heard is that the abandoned game from Blue Box Game Studios and Hassan Karaman seems to have been a complete conspiracy with any connection to Hideo Kojima or PT or any previous titles that keen game theorists are seeming to try and connect together. On Brain Structure, Hideo Kojima's podcast, he talks with Jeff Keighley about game rumors, and this being one of them. Not only does Hideo laugh at the idea of being contacted about this game studio with pictures and deepfake images, but also the fact that Blue Box Game Studios hasn't released a game in full for a long time, but has been pretending for quite a long time as well that they will be making a game, seems to point things Hideo's way, right? For more information on that Blue Box Game Studios conspiracy, there's a great article linked in the show notes, but in other news, apparently Hideo Kojima's studio Kojima Productions is constantly hit with acquisition requests from a number of unnamed companies, but he will refuse them all in order to remain an indie development studio. He has big ideas, big decisions to make, and he likes to realize his own vision, which he cannot do with oversight from a big game development studio. We've heard of close relationships with both Xbox and PlayStation, but again, it wasn't revealed how many studios and which ones have actually made these offers to him. And in the last bit of Kojima news, there's been a game in development for a long time that we've been aware of, potentially as an Xbox exclusive. This has now leaked, being known as the game Overdose, and some screenshots and game footage had emerged though I imagine this is probably not going to be available to us at this stage. But again, there's a couple of links in the article linked in the show notes if you'd like to explore for yourself. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, at MattBlissPod, God of War Ragnarok has not made its way into my hands just yet. It seems I'll have to wait until the release day to grab it. But there's still news filtering out in anticipation of its release in a few days. The first of these being that God of War Ragnarok is the second highest rated new game of this year, getting a Metacritic score of 94 and being highly lauded by many, many of the current reviewers that have gotten their hands on the game. In a year of the AAA delay, it's important to note that getting such a high rating in such a small field is great, but the fact that Elden Ring, a game that is probably going to make the game of the year list for many people, has a Metacritic score of 96, not too far off. And the original game of God of War was rated quite highly as well. 
Seems that they're going to pull this off and for more players, as it's been reported now, as we have in the past, that there are a huge number of accessibility features available in the game. This ranges up to 70 and offers four accessibility preset menus with an option that can be freely adjusted to suit the player's needs. Which is unreal in a world that requires accessibility in games as much as possible and expanding that user set so that they can target as many people as possible and allow anyone who wants to participate to enjoy the game. It's just spectacular. Santa Monica Studios, well done. PlayStation Blog has finally come out and confirmed for certain that the PlayStation VR 2 will be releasing on the 22nd of February 2023 and the launch price for this VR unit will be 549 USD. The blog also talks about different kinds of packages which will be available for pre-order as well as a charging unit for the VR2 Sense controller, which will be sold separately. And I can hear the first question you're asking is, how can this be so expensive? It's more than the console itself. We have reported on previous episodes that they are trying to set up the market here. They are filling an empty space and trying to compete with Meta in what is essentially a console exclusive VR platform. But the device is also incredibly well made with the added aspect of PlayStation's position on the production market for which they are trying to send the cost back to the customer. The blog also mentions that there's going to be 20 titles at launch, which is great because there's no backwards compatibility. So just keep this in mind and apologies to my fellow Australians who are probably going to be spending upwards of 800 to 1000 Australian dollars on this thing. But if you do happen to get it, let me know and I'll give you an exclusive on the dead drop for the review of this device. And a quick one from Bungie in their latest update, they're telling PS5 players who are playing Destiny 2 to check the version of the game they're actually playing on the console, as some may be playing the backwards compatible PS4 downloadable version on their device, when in fact they could be upgrading to the PS5 downloadable version of the game for better textures, better frame rate, just an overall better gameplay experience. This brings up the interesting question about Sony's approach to that transitional period when you can have PS4 versions of games backwards compatible on PS5 and how to better push players with a PS5 console to download the better version of the game. Comparisons between Xbox's smart delivery and Sony's next-gen upgrade system brings the discussion to light, but of course, it's up to the player to decide what they really want to play. Now some quick news headlines to keep you informed. A blog update from Bioware states that pre-production development on Mass Effect 5 is proceeding very well. This brief update on N7 day, 7th of November, an important day for the fans. Rumors were quashed pretty early during the Embracer acquisition, but it seems that a new Deus Ex is in very early development at Eidos Montreal, alongside the report that we had last week about Anoma, the studio previously known as Square Enix Montreal, being closed by the Embracer Group to focus on PC gaming. Nintendo of America have announced on their Twitter account to tune in at November 9 at 9am Pacific time for a new Indie World showcase. It states it'll be 25 minutes of new upcoming indie games for the platform, so if you'd like to check it out, the link to the tweet and the link to the stream is in the show notes. After 10 years, the game Little Inferno from the developers of World of Goo and Human Resource Machine will be getting an expansion. If you're not aware of Little Inferno, it's a game where you create more objects by throwing different kinds of toys into a fireplace. I would describe it as an alchemy game with a very cute touch. AMD continuing to lay its cards on the table 
with the Radeon RX 7900 XTX graphics card coming in at $600 cheaper than the NVIDIA RTX 4090. Comes packed with 4K resolution performance, DisplayPort 2.1, and all for cheaper, but without a comparison to the 4090 just yet. Square Enix has announced Symbiogenesis, playable NFT collectible art experience, in which it claims that the art collected by players can be used as a character in a story taking place in an alternate world where they untangle a mystery by completing missions that revolve around questions of monopolization and distribution of resources. Funny that. And last off, Final Fantasy 16 has been confirmed as a PS5 exclusive for at least six months with PlayStation. We knew that it would be a PS5 game from the trailer, but now it's been confirmed that for at least six months it will only be present on that platform and then probably make its way to Xbox and PC. And that was the gaming industry news that you need to know. If this is your first episode. Welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you enjoy the podcast. Join us on TikTok for these small bites of news as a bit of a preview to the episodes. Follow me on Twitter at MattBlissPod or send me some direct feedback about the podcast. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news and make sure to tell your friends about The Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days.